episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what is going on, man? Dude, we are back in the rhythm, and it feels good. Yes, that's yes. What I, that's what's going on over here. I love it, man. I am I'm super excited to be back. I am very thankful uh, because last week I had two what I would consider to be really good days, yeah. um, feeling super, uh, super well Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday came around, I went to cardiac rehab and got home, jumped in the shower before heading to school. And uh, as I'm in the shower, I just started to feel like crap. Oh, dude. And I, by the time I get to school, I'm, I'm very uh, just achy and sore. I mean, I'm struggling to walk up those front steps. Yeah. And every time I go to move, I'm just, I'm in pain. Mm. And uh, by the end of the night, fever, 102. Um, so, oh, boy. you know, contacted the doctor and he's like, well, I'm concerned because two weeks prior I had COVID. And yeah. so he's like, I want to make sure there's nothing lasting. But thankfully nothing lasted. Mm-hmm. Um, by about Friday, I was doing pretty good. Um, and then this past Saturday, um, I was doing okay, but I was a uh, little tired and worn down and we had our school's 19th century ball that we were doing so um but today i'm feeling great looking forward to an excellent podcast with you my friend dude i am so glad you're feeling good we today was a little different we normally have our check-in time we didn't really have it today yeah you got here to our uh, studios, and yes. I was in a Zoom call. You were doing some work. Yep. Then I went out to grab something really quick to munch. <laughs> you were getting us set up, and then that's, that's the first time knowing, dude. I didn't even know that because I saw you in church. Yes. You were looking good. Yep. But you would come through a tough... Yeah, it was... It, it's weird. I can... Um, <clears throat> I can get through a lot of stuff. I yep. mean, you know, no secret or shock at this point i had had a heart attack for two days and yep. you know two very full days youth group yeah. work you were teaching school, a youth group yeah. dog. um and so uh but fever a yeah. fever is what breaks me every time oh, yeah, and, it's awful dude and there's no hiding it like some people you know joy has uh just physicality that could hide a fever uh-huh. so she's like i never check nobody ever asks it's all yeah. good my eyes start to glass over mm. and it's just, it's on my face. Like yeah. there is no getting around that. And yeah. th- this was weird because even, even with the fever, it, it was just, like I said, it was this achy, yeah. difficult to move. Miserable, dude. Yeah. Miserable. I've had it a few times associated maybe with, with COVID once. Yep. F- some flus and uh, just feeling like crap. And uh, dude, that is not what I would call the Christopher Walken fever. <laughs> That's a good fever. That's where I got a fever. That's right. 
<laughs> and the only prescription, <laughs> you know, uh, is more cowbell. But that fever sucks. Yeah. Dude, and I'm sorry, but it uh, seems like it was short-lived. Yep. Fortunately. Yep. And uh, yeah, I, dude, you're, you're you're looking looking good and uh, steady. I'm glad it was a good day. I hope it continues. Yeah. Um, if I can get three days this week in a row, I will be excited. That's good. Yep. Three consecutive days. That's a good prayer request, dude, for anybody listening yes. to this. I know you would welcome it, Nathan. I will certainly throw in with that. Yeah. Maybe, probably not, dude. I'm hopeful. At the time of our recording, they're calling for a slight yes. wintry weather disturbance in the morning. Yes. You probably wouldn't mind it too much if at least had you going in a little oh, late. Oh, you know me, dude. I'm always uh, I'm always ready and excited to get snow. Me I too. want I want that blowout that I we know. had uh, about ten years ago. Now mm-hmm. is when we had it. It was that back to back. The back to back storm, four dude. feet. I'll tell you what, dude. It was fourteen years ago. Yeah. You know why I know because oh, Ella, that's right, twenty ten. Yeah, yeah. Ella was um, a year old. She was born January of '09. And she had RSV. Oh, okay. We, she was coughing. It was like the day the first storm came in. And, of course, Lisa took her to the pediatrician. And it was it was pretty prevalent at that time, as often it is in the winter. Yeah. Still today. And she, um, so she, I remember she called me and said, oh, I love RSV. And I was like, oh, man. Like, this is a sizable wallop coming our way. It was, yeah. what, 36 hours later, yeah. one just as big. It was like, you're right, four feet total yeah. after those two storms almost. And uh, I thought, man, that's the one time you actually do are a little concerned. Are we going to be stuck in if I like it? So, but I just remember that, dude, grace of God, you know, we took good care of Ella. We had everything yep. she needed. You know, Lisa held her all the time. I would hold her all the time. And, you know, we she kind of was getting better yeah and that storm dude wow, yeah that was a fun one that was that, that was, was a fun one that was great i had a memory pop up uh just this past saturday or sunday i can't remember what it was but a memory on facebook um where i basically posted that uh the state was deciding not to plow and salt anymore because that second wave was coming oh, through. Oh, dude, I think I remember that. Yeah, so they just decided we're, we're done doing this. We're just going to save our resources until until it's all through. Wow. Uh, well, get this, dude. Harford County Schools, I'm getting it, look, in real time, just are going two hours two late. Two hours late. Which means they're buying some time. Yeah. Look, then it comes in on the text yep. for... Yeah. So if you're hearing this days later and don't live in our area, yeah, that's right. just ignore everything I said. Uh, I'm with you, dude. I love a big snow. I love, um, and we, we still could. I mean, I'm starting to, to play the guy, oh, we're not going to get any now because yeah. it's mid-February. But in the 70s, dude, when I was a kid, yep. 78 maybe, 79, I was eight or nine, we had a wallop in March. Yes. That was like a 26, 27-incher in March. Yeah. I want to say it was like March 12th or something. Yeah. So yeah, that, that tends to be like a wetter snow yep. as you get towards spring. But I remember it shut things down for almost a week. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it can happen. Yeah. It can happen. And yep. yeah, I'm with you. I always like a big, big look. Yeah. You, as I always say, dude. What's the point in having gray blah winter? Right. If you're not going to get some snow. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm I'm there. But um, 
Dude, what are we even talking about tonight? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're talking about politics. That's right. That's right. <laughs> My brother. We're talking about politics. We got, yeah, we're talking about politics. Um, can, so, can I throw something out there? It's not even in the script. Yeah, go for it. Um, I did have somebody reach out to me um, after the last podcast, sent me yes. an email, somebody from our church. Yeah. L- like the cast, was glad that we introduced. I'm not going to lie to you, dude. When I outed myself last week, yeah, I almost texted you that night and said, dude, can you edit that out and said that I didn't vote in the last election because I, a little PTSD, I remember I said that in a men's Bible study years ago Oh, and it did yeah. not land well. Yeah, People thought, not everybody in that study, but several men in that study really were upset and I guess because of their pastor, I'm just trying to be fair, in their minds was abdicating this, right. this, Probably what they understood is a biblical imperative, yeah. which we argued last week, but but it isn't. Right. I, I don't think, I think you're really hard pressed to say that it is. Yeah. Um, so uh, somebody sent me an email and said, have you seen some of the Trump and Biden? So I'm keeping it bipartisan. There you go. Um, <laughs> dude, I shouldn't laugh, but... I've I've found so many reels on Twitter or X, whatever it's called now, Instagram. <laughs> Some of these gaffes of Biden and Trump. Yeah. Dude, and yeah. it, it kind of confirmed, yeah, I'm not afraid to say what I said last week, <laughs> that I didn't vote in the last election. At the moment, I don't have a strong inkling to. Yeah. Haven't made a total decision. It's early. Yeah. But, I mean, so I'll be fair. You've got Biden with... Uh, several gaffes and yeah. seeming to forget maybe uh i think it's when he was addressing the uh the independent prosecutors because he had his own document issued just like trump uh and uh they they cleared him yeah but the guy took some shots at him regarding his memory which biden was upset about because they referenced he couldn't remember the year his son died etc and I, I i i'm not even weighing in on it i'm just right. saying in this um in, I think it was in his response to that speech, he referred to the president of Mexico, mm-hmm. who uh, was was initially hesitant about letting folks in from Gaza. And I thought, wait a minute, I'm, I'm I've never studied geography in depth, but I'm pretty sure Mexico. He meant Egypt. Yeah. So people are piling on that, and then Trump called. 9-11, which I'm not making fun of 9-11, right. obviously. Right. But he referred to it as 7-11, and then I see all these memes. It's like, Dude, it's terrible. We will never forget. Of course, it's all these pictures right. of 7-11. Guys coming out with Slurpees and stuff. And so anyway, I went down the rabbit hole yeah. in these gaffes and these memes. And, yeah. all that. and one correction from last week. Remember I said on Sunday I was going to issue this? Yes. Yep. Um, when I was driving home after we casted, yeah, I thought, wait a minute. Uh, of course, nobody's called me on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even our dear friend, if he's listening, brother Matt. Yes, not Smith Fonte. Yeah, who is the the greatest scholar I know in, in our church. Um, even when I said it, I thought I'm not stating this right. I said that the Roman citizens did not vote. Yeah. Well, what I should have emphasized, they did not vote for who the emperor emperor was. was yeah. That was decided yeah. uh, by other parties far more powerful. And I, and I missed it because I just 
to me, when we talk about an election, yeah. we are speaking about the right to vote for who our leader is exactly. going to be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think- Yeah, we were talking about Nero and yeah. the mission, so that, but yes, they could vote on yeah. some things. You can Google that, find that out very easily. Yeah, but, yeah. but the so. the idea of voting for your leader is, is really a, uh, it's a new concept. Yeah, and you see why through history, it's novel because right. most leaders do not wish to be right. put in place by the vote. Right, but by fiat mandate, divine commissioning, yep. self deputizing sometimes, which they can you know, call the same thing. Yes. Um, so, as I understand it, dude, right, we're going to talk tonight about some of the dangers. Yeah. When politics grips the church, and vice versa. Too. Much. Yeah. So we had we had teased last week that you know one of the things that we were going to explore was this idea of. Um, the the church um, being in charge of leadership. Yes. And I think you and I, Greg, have both landed on very similar positions that throughout history that has not been a traditionally good thing. No, I, I think it, you'd be really hard-pressed to say otherwise. Yeah. Uh, although it doesn't seem to stop many Christians from aspiring to, yeah. To have the access to power. I just think, dude, it's always always a temptation, right? The yeah. analogy, I use this for a lot of things, but yeah, I remember watching Castaway with Tom Hanks, right? Yeah. So here's a dude dying of thirst. This is later in the movie when he's floating on his homemade yeah. raft in the yeah. middle of the of the ocean. And, you know, it's the the sun is just beating him to a nub. Right? Yeah. He's just completely dehydrated and beaten. And you know he needs water. You can just tell he's he's dry. His lips are all cracked. And then when they show it from the aerial view, you're like, "Well, this he's got nothing around him but water." Yeah. But he can't drink that water. Yep. But boy, it must be tempting. Yeah. Right. You're like, "Oh, just drink it. Look at all that water. That salty seawater will make it worse. Yeah. Not better." And I think sometimes, even though we have these historical cautionary tales. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about some of those, like the Crusades. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we we could talk about Calvin's Geneva. Sure. Um, you know, just two examples. I, I still think, yeah, but if you got Christians in the right places, and if they, and I get it, I get yeah. it. Yeah. But it just seems that the few times that's happened, yeah, I just, yeah, doesn't look very Jesus-like to me. Well, not only that, but but God literally warns his people against having people in power over you, right? I mean, God wants to be the God of Israel and he wants to be the only one who is in charge of them. And the people reject this. They do not want God as the one who is going to be over them. They see all the other nations and they want a king like all the other nations. And God doesn't look at them and say, okay, well, if you have a king then that king is going to be a leader from me and they're going to be kind and benevolent. No. Yep. He, he basically is like, they're going to take all of your land because that's that's what kings do yep. because their their aim is to increase their ba- borders and boundaries. They're going to take your horses 100%. because they need to fuel their military. Yep. They're going to take your women because they need servants. Yep. They're going to take your men because they need servants. Yep. It, he lays out a bleak picture yeah. 
of what happens when man is in charge of man. And I don't understand why we have not learned from from that, from the very foundation where God is teaching his people who he is and why he should be in charge and no one else. And yet we still cry for 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 lesser men to be in charge, thinking that there's going to be a difference. Yes, I, I, dude, it's intriguing. Well, it's interesting you point that out because even in the biblical narrative, you see that cycle. Yeah. You see them being warned. This is what's going to happen, and they say, yeah, like when Samuel tells them, yeah, this is what's going to happen. It's everything you just laid out and more. Really, we want it. Yeah, <laughs> we still yeah. want it. They don't say we don't believe you, right? The implication, I think, is uh, who cares, right? We'll live with that, but we'll, we'll have a king and we'll have power. It's always an attraction to power, yeah, um, for all of us, right? I, I get it. I mean, because power means, wow, I I can I can save time and my sanity. Yeah, I've got all the levers I need to get the things that I want, and when you've got godly ambition godly desire so you think well what could be better than that but i don't know dude i mean before we even talk about some of the manifestations of this in history yeah uh, and i've looked up some things again and try to refresh myself on um you know uh the you know uh the crusades and calvin's geneva which i think we could probably limit it to those two tonight i I am, um, I'm sorry, dude, I kind of lost my thought there. Um, so let me, let me just back up. Yeah. When, when, oh, I know what it was. When I think of this, I think of not that God was tempted uh, himself, because the scriptures are clear, God cannot tempt nor be tempted. Yeah. So Jesus in his humanity. Yeah. I think what we see in his temptations recorded in Mark or Matthew 4, Luke 4, when Satan comes to him in the wilderness. I mean, isn't it? Couldn't you argue he's offering him a thoroughly political um, arena yeah. in which to actualize his messiahship? Yeah. Right? I mean, the first one is turning stones into bread. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, dude, did we talk about this last week? Matt Smith has helped me so much with this. You know, he and I have geeked out recently. We've watched the We Are the World documentary. Okay. And uh, and I don't know why I'd never really called it. Matt kind of put it on my radar. Oh, I remember us talking about this. The yeah. Willie Nelson. Yeah. Which, you know, to do my Willie. I was going to show by turning stones to burn. There's my Willie for you. You know, and uh, come back for more and I'll give you uh, <laughs> more of that great singing. Um God has shown us by turning stones to bread. Uh, Matt said, yeah, I'd like to tell Willie, not that he wrote it. Willie, the only problem with that is it's Jesus who was tempted to do that. And if he had done that, he would no longer be qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. Right. And we'd be doomed. <laughs> that minor problem. So it makes me think, I don't know, it was Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie. Yeah. I, I think both those gentlemen probably had church backgrounds. You almost get the question, it's a rushed lyric. Yeah. Hey, yeah, wait, wait, let's put something in there about Right. Time. Remember God? I heard this story once. Yes. And yeah. maybe they're confusing it with the feeding of the 5,000. Yeah. The, but no, it's Satan. He yeah. tempts Jesus to turn stones to bread. Okay, that's one. Then he tempts him to throw himself off the pinnacle of the right. temple and be carried by angels, which is kind of the razzle-dazzle. Um, 
you know, wow, look at this. It's they're all shortcuts. Yeah. Shortcuts through your hunger, shortcuts through being recognized yeah. as God's emissary in the world. But that last one, yeah. Bow to me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world. To me, it is a the access to the levers of power again without the cross. Right. The cross which produces what? A people from every tribe, tongue, yeah. and nation that is trans-geographical, trans-political. It is, it it just transcends all of our boundary markers yeah. for earthly kingdoms. Uh, and it seems like, boy, why didn't God just have Jesus born in Caesar's household? Right. Right? Why did God work through the Jewish nation? Why not work? Th- hey, I'm going to have the most powerful emperor in the world Right. And bring Jesus into that. That way, he can he can institute the laws that he wants. Right, he can have a platform for his commands. It's not how it's done. Yeah, it's not what God's done. So, I think sometimes we can get caught up in we 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 if we got the right people in place. I know. And when you go back, when God sent His Son into the world, it was not through a political channel at all. Right. So, well, and. Really, the the aspirations we have for power, and you know, people will argue, "Oh, it's not an aspiration for power." Yes, it is. Yeah, like that. There is no other way to describe it. It is an aspiration for power. Yeah, you might have good intentions of what you're going to do with that power, and I think as we will talk about, history has shown that that goes by the wayside. Yeah. Um. But but it is an aspiration for power, and everything in Scripture shows us that we shouldn't want that. Yeah, right. I mean, this is this is the whole reason why we see Paul writing in the book of Philippians that Christ did not count equality with God something to be yeah, grasped, right. something to cling to yeah. and hold to. He willingly gave up all of the power yep. and the authority that he had to become one of us. Right. And when you compare one of us to who God is, that ain't a pretty sight, people. No. The things that that Christ was exposed to and had to do in his human form isn't pleasant. Yeah. But he did it. Yes. And and that is what our example is to be. And now, you know, I, I know we're going to, to go off on where we go wrong mm-hmm. with, with obtaining power. That's not to say that that we shouldn't have people who feel called yeah. to go into politics and to try to make a difference. That's not what we're saying at all. I'm glad you said that, dude. But I also know that not every single person is called to do that. And if yeah. you're not called to do that, then you need to stay more in your sphere. Yeah. And 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 you know, serve God where you are. Yeah, I think very, very well said, Nathan. I'm, that's the balance that we need because I could hear it, it rightfully somebody out there with their wheels turning. Well, wait a minute. What about you know? My we both have talked about William Wilberforce. Yeah. Who, as far as I by my read, I've never heard anybody really say otherwise. It, it's one of those rare historical moments. Yes. Decades before we got the slavery issue right, right, uh, which is a blight on this nation's history for a hundred years. And then yeah. the, the, the after, um, mm-hmm. the after effects, which were not very pleasant either, Jim Crow laws, etc. Um, you have William Wilberforce in England 
seemingly single-handedly leading this transformative yeah. uh, political, cultural, economic change. It, it's really striking. And, you know, again, in previous podcasts, sometimes we've talked about that. You could uh, see the movie Amazing Grace yep. about his life. And John Newton, the author yes. of Amazing Grace, was essentially Wilberforce's pastor. Um, tremendous leader. Or in Scripture... There's no doubt that God put Joseph in a position of great influence. Yes. In the household of Pharaoh. Yep. There's no doubt that he put Daniel mm -hmm. in uh, a position of great influence in Babylon. And uh, so you've got two people that were right hand right hand men. Yep. Uh, you've got Wilberforce and I'm sure many, many others. Uh, I think that's it's there's one thing to be called as an individual. Yeah. To serve in a political role, yeah. Um, I think what you and I are talking about is this: a way to put it, Nathan, is the church finding its identity in affecting change through political means. Yeah, one hundred percent. I yeah. I agree with that. I mean, the the individual called to, and again, I I use that term called. Yeah. Right. This is this is a vocational calling, and and I think that's the problem is is our view of what our jobs are. Yeah. We we don't view them as vocations. We don't view them as callings. Yeah. And so an individual's call into uh, politics. Yes. Into leadership and change is just that God is using that person. Just like not everyone is called to be a pastor because they're not qualified. Right. Right. I mean. The, the reality is when you look at scripture and you look at qualifications, no, not everyone is qualified to be a pastor. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Um, because we need teachers and laborers and other workers. We, we, we need everyone to be the body of Christ. And so, yes, we need Christians who are called to do the best they can um, in that yeah. position that they are called to. But, but no, we don't need to organize ourselves as Christians and rise up against the establishment. Well said, dude. Well said. And I think um, that's an important distinction mm -hmm. because we're really talking about what is the mission of the church. Mm. That's what we're saying. And I think it's been laid out for us. Mm -hmm. We don't need an alternative mission. In fact, to take an alternative mission is not there. And it's laid out for us in Matthew 28. Yeah. It's reinforced and and described. So here's what I would say. The orders are given in Matthew 28. Yep. You know, uh, to go in, in, into all the world and preach the gospel. Yep. Baptizing them uh, or discipling them, baptizing, teaching them, etc. He's with us always to the end of the age. And then we see the 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 way they interpreted that. Yeah. Is what I would call the book of Acts. Yeah. So we see the directive yep. and the example of fulfilling the directive. The directive is in the Great Commission. The example of how that directive is fulfilled is the book of Acts. And I have asked people before, show me where the early church, who <laughs> the fact that they, they didn't even have access is almost instructive in itself to these levers of power. It's just not what they did. Yeah. They preached the gospel. They organized converts into churches. Yep. They made sure leadership was layered into their daily life. They made sure influence was there. They made sure that the sound of the gospel would spread through the ancient world. 
and I do not see any political apparatus at work. Yeah. Wisely, from time to time, the people that have it, like Paul, appeal to his citizenship. Yeah. It gives him some advantages. That's smart and wise thing to do. Sure. But even that is in the service of missionary momentum. Right. Right? Paul wants to advance the gospel. Yeah. Boy, if I'm in chains here, I'm in big, big, big trouble. Right. So I'm going to appeal to my Roman citizenship. Right. I should be have a fair trial. I should not be treated this way, etc. Um, so, dude, if I may. Yeah. John Calvin, uh, who is a um, very famous uh, theologian, mm-hmm. um, absolutely um, read and studied to this day. Mm-hmm. I actually think he is a very, very uh, capable Bible commentator. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, one of my seminary professors, his argument, just his opinion, but I, mm-hmm. I know what he means having read both, thought actually Calvin was a better Bible commentator than even systematic theologian. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so I'll let you know the, the scholars debate that we can have Dr. John Frame on <laughs> at some point, like we did in the past, who could probably set me straight, tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, he, of course, um, was the Martin Luther of Geneva, Switzerland. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, a few decades later uh, in the 16th century, um, Calvin's influence was so great that there was a fusion of the church. I think he preached, if I remember, St. Pierre's Cathedral uh, is what it was called. Uh, but the elders of the church were the elders of the city. Yeah. And it was the one of the truest examples we get of a theocracy. Yeah. And a true city-state heavenly thing. And uh, honestly, dude, um, I read a lot about that this week, a couple of highlights. Well, the, the number one, and I'll pull up some of the notes that I had here, um, there was uh, a gentleman, Michael Servetus, uh, sometimes known as Michael Servet. He was a, a Spanish theologian. Uh, he was a physician. He was so, sort of a philosopher. Uh, but he's remembered for his theological views. And essentially, he espoused what's called a, a uh, Unitarian view mm-hmm. of God, not a Trinitarian view. In other words... This is an oversimplification, but Servetus liked a lot of what he heard was going on at Geneva. Yeah. Wow, man, the gospel is being preached mm-hmm. boldly. They're reorganizing society according to gospel implications, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then Servetus is excited about it and uh, just basically says, look, man, this, this is awesome. Look, this Trinitarian thing that you guys are into is kind of a holdover from Catholicism, we need to cut the cord there and just embrace radical New Testament-informed Christianity and get rid of these old dogs. And uh, now I, of course, and I know you do too, do side with Calvin that he said, mm-hmm. no, you're wrong, Michael. Right. Um, the Trinity is important. It's foundational yeah. to who God is, 100% on that. And uh, Servetus uh, wanted to engage in a lively debate, wanted to come to Geneva, Calvin did warn him in yeah. letters, do not come here and teach this because you will suffer the the penalties of heresy. And uh, he did. Let me see if I have the date. Um, 
Servetus was arrested, tried for heresy by the Geneva Council. Despite attempts to defend himself, he was found guilty, sentenced to death by burning at the stake. He was executed on October 27, 1553. So I would ask you, Nathan, then I'll ask our audience, it, like, is that what we want? Right. Man, yeah. I hope the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want that. Right. I mean, yes, I agree with Calvin. He was in serious error. Right. But this is a point of you're killing someone. Right. Because of doctrinal error. Right. I think the New Testament way is rebuke. Right. Preach. Correct. Right. Excommunicate if yes, necessary. Yes, if, if that person is a member and he's leading people uh, uh, astray, great point. All right, there, there is a biblical means to deal with this. Right. Where do we see in the New Testament? Right. And if you have the power, make sure to kill that person. Right. Wow. Right. Dude, there's other stuff in Geneva, but that that Cerveda story yeah. just makes my skin crawl. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not saying... Calvin's insights in scripture that you can find it. I'm looking at my commentaries right. on my bookshelf today are, yeah. um, are wrong or right. bad. I think he had some incredible insights. I mean, he wrote the institutes, right. which is a, uh, when he was 26 years old and it's a brilliant work yeah. of Christian theology. Um, but he killed a guy right without hesitation. Right. All right, I just, even as I say it, dude, I'm like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I it, It's so funny because you, Paul dealt with heretics all the time. Yes. He dealt with Peter who was being a heretic. Yep. And again, point. He, he doesn't pull him aside to kill him. He right. pulls him aside to strongly rebuke he him. He corrects him and says, you've yeah. wandered off. Yeah. You have wandered off. Yeah, that's when uh, uh, he mentions it at, at the start of Galatians, that there was a time where Peter was enjoying table fellowship with Gentiles. Yes. He was eating dinner yep. uh, with guys eating there today in our culture. It would be their, their red lobster shrimp fest. And, right, bacon. They're, yeah, their bacon and their uh, their spare ribs and, and all that. And then... Um, Peter was understanding the, the freedom of the gospel that a man's justified by faith in Christ, not by law, yeah. not by works, not by religious ceremony. And then at some point, he started to, to cower. The Judaizers came into yeah. Galatia, really said, you've got to be circumcised, you've got to follow Jewish custom and believe in Jesus. And Peter, he caved. Yeah, He caved, and Paul does not uh, mince words. He says yeah. he scolded him rebuked him to his face. I mean, that's always been a weird passage for me because Paul is the Johnny-come-lately right. to the party. <laughs> I mean, if anybody, you're like, Paul, who are you, dude? I mean, you were killing Christians a couple years ago, man. And now P Peter actually, <laughs> Peter walked on the Sea of Galilee. Right. <laughs> and where were you? Not, it didn't matter. Right. It was a gospel issue. Right. Well, and this is the same Peter who, you know, walk on the sea of Galilee, denies Christ, and then Christ restores yeah, him. Yeah, right, right. And after the restoration, yeah, he's doing he's this. He's still doing it, which definitely shows us, um, definitely shows us, um, uh, you know, that these characters are not one-dimensional characters. Yeah. They're like, oh, they had their bad moment, and like, you know, 
in a in a soap opera. They had this challenge, then the victory. Now their arc, as we say, is complete. Right? Um, it's kind of how we approach David sometimes. Isn't it? Well, he had yeah. his sin with Bathsheba and Uriah, yeah. and then things got better. Then he uh, repented. Yeah. No, they really didn't. Yeah, I don't think they ever did get better. <laughs> as our friend Dave Shive one time said, uh, it was one of the funniest things he just kind of mentioned. Because well, then you you look at uh, David in his final days yeah. on Earth. You know, his only his only concern for his current administration was, you know, uh, uh, you know, pardon me, how to, how to keep himself warm in bed, um, with Abishag the Shunammite, um, if anybody's looking for a name, (laughs) Abishag the Shunammite. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I think there's a way to deal with heresy. Yeah. Um, and it's not killing people. (laughs) So, but if you think about it, well, yeah, but when we're in control of the state, we get to decide. Right. So why wouldn't we look how... Se- I agree with Cal. Heresy is a serious thing. Yeah. Heresy has soul-damning consequences. Right. Serious thing. But the moment yeah. you seize this power, oh, yeah, I don't have to... Because, yeah, well, I recognize you know, the courts, they don't care about theological doctrine and heresy. But if I was in charge, I would care... Right. I would say and that frightens me. Me too. Like, me too. you know, you think about that because I, and this scares me because I see a lot of Christians throwing that word around to unbelievers. You know, our yeah. good, our, our friend, Chris Date, right? Yeah. Who has a different position yes, on, on the eternal soul on of a person yep. and, and what happens with hell. And, he may, he makes some very compelling arguments. He's not just shooting from his hip. He's done his study. He's done his research. Yeah. And people dismiss him as a heretic. Yep. And you think about that and it's like, wait a minute. This is a guy who fundamentally understands the gospel yes. and the nature of Christ. And you actually disagree on a subject that Honestly, I think the scripture speaks very little to in in its total format and what goes on and what yeah. happens. Yep. Um, the, I know there's a lot said on hell, but it's mostly about the place itself. Yeah. And and there's this disagreement. So you're telling me that if you were in charge and you were to label him a heretic, yeah. Wait a minute. Right. That that doesn't seem right. right. I mean. And and where do you draw the line at that point? Like as believers, Greg, we we are uh, both at a church. You you head a church where baptism by immersion is the mode. Yeah. What happens if somebody all of a sudden decides? Well, no, that's actually not right because it doesn't follow the covenantal uh, flow from the Old Testament into the New Testament, and so that's heretical. Yeah. And people, well, you're just being ridiculous. Am I? Well, I, no, I don't think so, dude. Uh, because we see it, we see yeah. the. I mean, dude, I've had, I've had people in the past express frustration, in some cases, left the church over issues that to me don't seem particularly crucial. Um, I had the family that left last year because uh, um, our children's curriculum was not emphasizing young Earth creationism enough. Yeah. So, you know, you make efforts to sit down, talk to people, have discussions about um, uh, those issues and say, we respect your view, the you know, and, and your conviction on the issue. Not all Christians 
line up, and these aren't atheistic, evolutionist, right. scripture-denying people. Right. They just come to a different position. But, yeah, I mean, uh, often what people call heresy um, are convictions they don't like. Right. Right? So, I mean, I've heard some people say, that guy can't be a Christian because he drinks beer. Yeah. You know, and you think, really? I, I don't mind if you say, hey, I don't like drinking beer, or even if you say, I don't think a Christian should drink beer, because then we can have a point of discussion. Right. Why? Let's look at the scriptures that speak to that, or you think speak to that. But yeah, I th- I think part of it, dude, is we don't have a clear even sense of what are the crucial matters, and, yeah. and what are we going to do? Right. If we have access to power, uh, people that um, practice uh, you know, same-sex um uh, marriage or right. uh, LGBTQ issues, trans issues, all the the hot potato issues today. Yeah, were uh, they rounded up? Right, imprisoned, killed are uh, people who um, are heterosexual. Yeah, but you know are having sex outside of marriage. Yeah. Uh, in other words, I think the way of the New Testament, Nathan, is God gives us the gospel. Mm-hmm. tells us to proclaim it, align our lives with it. Yeah. And the issues that often are sorted out by political systems, yeah. God says, uh-uh, I'm going to sort those out. I, yeah. I'm not saying there's no judgment for sin. None of us are saying that. Oh, yeah. But I'm saying it's left to him. Yeah. We proclaim, we are the agents of those who build a spiritual kingdom Yeah. Uh, that is not bound by time and space and place. And uh, it's different. And a, a another example I did want to get to, Nathan, was was the Crusades. Yeah. And I won't give a full history lesson on it. A couple of notes here. I mean, in general, it's think of it as eleventh um, uh, to thirteenth centuries. Uh, or I know you always have to go back one when you're counting centuries, but I think the first one was like 1090, 1095, yeah. something like that. And about 200 laters is the last one, what most people think of as the Crusades, um, where European Christians at the at the behest of the Pope mm-hmm. and sort of medieval Catholicism um, were going into the Holy Land mm-hmm. to reclaim uh, Jerusalem. Boy, what a timely topic today in right. Israel from the Turks, from the Muslims. Um, I I don't know if there is a greater blight. I was in, when I was in college, my mm-hmm. Christian organization was Campus oh, yeah. Crusade for Christ. And I'm, it's now called Crew. Right. Intentionally. Yeah. Not mocking Bill Bright, who's long gone, who was the founder of that organization. But I do think crew was right to see it as a blind spot Mm -hmm. because dude what that has done historically is reinforced in many people's mind particularly with christian and muslim relations or even jewish relations right that yeah christianity is about earthly territory power yeah might temporal issues yeah solved with temporal power yeah one of the darkest sections, uh, there's a debate about all, everything that happened. I think there were probably two versions of what was are called the Children's Crusades mm. uh, in the 1200s. And um, 
that's just a horrible thought. Yeah. Most of those children were killed or sold into slavery. Yeah. Um, and, you know, are there some well-meaning people that think, my goodness, when these children show up uh, in, you know, on the coming across the horizon on the holy land, you know, the, the Muslims are going to drop their weapons and just realize, I don't know what the thought is. It's a, it's a very disturbing thought yeah. of children. Um, suffering that kind of a fate, it's got to be one of the worst applications of what the mission of the church is. Yeah. I mean, going to all the world and preach the gospel. Right. Right. Or when Jesus says in the gospel of John, um, my kingdom is not of this world. Yeah. If it were, yeah, you would see my servants fighting. Yeah. So wherever anyone is on the political spectrum, Nathan, you and I have talked about this before, January 6th mm-hmm. is not the posture right. of the, the Christian. Yeah. It is not storming buildings. Right. Uh, whatever one's opinions are on elections, real, yes. you know, phony, whatever. It's just not where a Christian wants to be found. I'm not saying all those people were. Right. But so, right. several were. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen, haven't you? Haven't you seen the placards? Yeah. I see the cross. I yeah. see the, and I'm thinking, wow, this is very crusade-like. Yes, where we're taking, it's like we're just missing the mission. Jesus defines it for us. Yeah, and doing something else. Well, and this is, uh, I hate to use this term, but this is unfortunately in the DNA of the founding of our country. Mm. Um. You know, I I am not going to stand here and judge the actions of, you know, what happened during the revolution. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there, have no idea what side I would take. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know what scripture says, and, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at it right now, right? Romans 13, mm-hmm. let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Mm. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Mm. And he, he goes on to talk about the benefits of rulers, even rulers who are evil like like Nero, right? Yeah. It, it's most likely that Paul's writing this uh, while Nero is oh, almost in certainly. control. Yeah. And you know, Nero has basically burned down the city of Rome and blamed it on the Christians. He's taken numerous Christians and thrown them into um, the Colosseum for entertainment and sport. He has used the bodies of Christians to light the way to his house for parties. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul is saying that, first of all, you are to be subject to those governing authorities. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not going to stand judgment over that. I understand the argument that people would make for why we revolted, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I can justify a whole lot of things, but scripture seems pretty clear to me when it says this is what we were supposed to do. Right. Right. Um, and it doesn't seem to give an exception. It doesn't seem to say if your taxes are too high, then you have the right to revolt. It doesn't seem to say if you have uh, inappropriate 
uh, representation in government, then yeah. you can go ahead and revolt. It doesn't seem to say if you don't like those who are in charge because they're doing evil, then you can go ahead and revolt. Right. And I'm not speaking about the revolution. I'm speaking about January 6th because right. that's what a lot of this fever pitch kind of came to was, yeah. was the cry of the revolution. Right. Um, and I don't see that anywhere in scripture that we are to, as the church, rally around a cause, rally around an ideal. We are to rally around the cross and we are to rally around the words of Christ at the cross, yes. who is being who is being beaten and tortured in the midst of all of that, mm-hmm. looks to his father and doesn't say strike him down dead, asks for forgiveness on their behalf. Yeah. Right. And this is what Stephen does all the those months yeah. later yep. when he's stoned. Yep. Um, Absolutely. And ironically looks up, sees Jesus, and says the same words. Yeah. To to forgive them. Um, sometimes, Nathan, it's nice for you to say things and me to simply say, mm-hmm. <laughs> that way, the non-pastor of the group That's right. <laughs> can receive it. And I'm just going to say, I found what you just said, Nathan, very interesting and compelling. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> How's that for a non-committal hey. response? Like, hmm. I'll have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear a pastor say that years ago who was talking about Christian mooing. And I was like, oh, Christian mooing? And he says, you know, it's what all Christians at some point get conditioned to do in a Bible study or a small group. You know, if somebody says something, mm, 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 mm. Right? <laughs> what is it? Sort of like the way, and I do it too, we say just when we pray. Yes. I never say just. Just except what I pray. <laughs> Lord, we just ask that you would do this. And we just, Lord, we just. We, I was going to say, you need about 10 more just. I was going to say, when I talked to Lisa or something, Lisa, I just uh, just wanted to tell you, I just, it just sneaks in that we have these peculiar habits. Um, I think, Nathan, your read of Romans 13 was very clear. Mm-hmm. Romans 13, just by reading it, is yeah. interesting. Um, and yes, I, it's not that you and I've talked about this before. Now Christians can debate, you know, uh, whether the election was corrupt, et cetera. Right, I think right. you made a good point once. I don't know if it was on the air, just in conversations that one of the things you didn't understand is even if it was, let's mm-hmm. just say it was for sake of argument. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, there was probably a lot of corruption to put Nero on the throne right. and, and kept him on the throne. Yeah. And it, it doesn't seem to give an out right. to all of a sudden change the mission of the church. Well, now that we know that, yeah, I guess the church can go more militant, um, in your face, yeah. coercive, yeah. rather than persuasive proclamation of the gospel. That's really yeah. what we're saying, is that the scriptures don't flinch. Yeah. They tell us this is the way. Right. Right? It's Mandalorian That's wisdom, right. brother. That's right. See I have spoken. That. <laughs> and a shout out to the uh, the great Carl Weathers there. Yes. Who we just lost. Right? Yeah. Was, uh, you captured in that. that was I don't know how we're going to continue in uh in the Mandalorian without him. I know, man. I know. The the great Carl, Matt and I were talking about that since he's such a Rocky fan. Yeah. Um, so many great lines. Um, 
Dude, where are we time-wise? Yeah, we're, we're winding into uh, 51 minutes. Oh, so okay. We're, okay. We're ready to, to wind it down soon. Yeah. You know, Greg, you, you gave two examples, very specific examples throughout history, but the reality is when Christians are in charge, there are many more. I mean, you look at the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, there's another one. You look at um, the the Salem witch trials. Yeah. Right, I mean that's that's early in our own uh, American history. Oh, sure. Um, set on by the Puritans. Yeah. Um, well, sure. You look at people that were, um, you know, pushing um, segregation yeah. in schools, uh, pastors. I mean, you, you can you can find all this documentation, yeah. even from well known, that were writing letters to congressmen: "Do not cave. This is God's order," etc. You see a lot of um, examples yeah. of some things that are not pretty. Yeah, and and the reason they're not pretty is because the church lost sight and focus of the gospel. Oh, yeah. And and as you said, that being the mission. Yeah. Instead of being laser focused on that, all of these other distractions and trinkets started coming in and pulling attention away from from what we are supposed to be doing. Absolutely. Maybe we can talk about this, dude, because I like this. We're, we're being more organic this time. Yeah. Sometimes we plan these things. Out. Well, not that we haven't. We've yeah. talked these yeah. last couple of weeks. I wouldn't mind tackling this, Nathan, at some point, maybe as a, a stopping point here. That's why I asked about the time, because mm-hmm. it's too big of a topic to tack on at the end. Yeah. So I'll tease it. I have experience in my life Mm-hmm. on being immersed in cable news mm. from both perspectives. So if you want to be a little cliche, think Fox, Fox. or yeah. MSNBC, yeah. CNN, whatever. There's some really unhealthy stuff that happens when we get consumed in the news cycle. Mm. I know from personal experience, it is just, it's what you said, dude. The gospel is, yeah, yeah, always the yeah, gospel is awesome, God. But what I'm really interested in <laughs> yeah, is this. And that's alarming. Yeah. And I have a lot of thoughts on that. Yeah. And have been thinking a lot about what discontentment and anger does to us when it is stoked. Yeah. And how we can stoke it ourselves and then almost become dependent on the anger yeah. and the frustration. Yeah. So maybe that's something we could tackle. That sounds good. We'll, uh, we'll that's an that... uplifting thought. Hey. It's like, hey, let's talk about being angry and ticked off. But it's a reality. It and is. again, it's February. Yeah. So we're not quite in crazy season yet. Yeah. That'll be coming. Yeah. Uh, and who knows, dude? I mean, what a year. I mean, there's going to be, I, I mean, um, you know, again, everything I read and yeah. see tells me that there's a lot of frustration, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people that are, even that are pro-Democrat, pro-Biden, don't like his age, don't mm-hmm. like his mental acuity. Trump, I mean, whatever you think, he's heading into a season of just seemingly uh, uh, endless court appearances right. and trials, right? I think, uh, right. unless there's, I guess the Supreme Court might, might be able to remove some of it, but... And yeah. I'm far from an expert on this stuff, dude, but my sense is not all of it. Right. Because he's facing multiple uh, charges in multiple jurisdictions, right. some civil, some criminal. So, you know, I mean, this is going to be a really potentially rocky yeah. year. And 
I think where we put our minds and attention, yeah, it's a very important issue. Agreed. Agreed. All right, my friend, this has been good. We will wrap up here. Until the next time, we just rock the Casbah. Yes, sir. Thank you again for listening to These Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.